As we entered the hospital, I looked around and saw several families with young children in the waiting area. A few of them glanced my way, and the light caught their eyes, revealing Iris's tainted, a crimson hue. They glowed red like old photos that hadn't developed quite right. There were so many children experiencing the same symptoms as my daughter, Juliana, and yet I hadn't seen anything on the local news. Still, word was beginning to spread around town that there was a contagion going around, only amongst the children, at least for now. The triage nurse looked us up and down, scribbling something on a piece of paper. I handed her the necessary identification, including my Proteon company ID badge, then took a step back and waited for her questions. Symptoms? Red eyes, poorly timed laughter, odd statements. No suspicious cravings? I gulped down a dry lump in my throat, thinking about what my daughter had said that morning at the breakfast table. No, I lied. The nurse gave me a hard, cold stare for a few moments, then scribbled something and continued her questions. And how long has this been going on for? Just a day. The red eye started about 20 minutes ago. That's when I brought her here. Okay, have her put on this wristband and wait over there to be called in. Don't touch anything. It shouldn't be long. My daughter snapped the band onto her wrist and it made an electric chiming sound. Two green lights lit up on either side, next to the Proteon Company logo, the mega corporation which ran the high-tech corporate town where we lived. When I first took the job in Pleasant Hills, I thought it was an idyllic, perfect place to raise a family. When the recruiter told me about the salary and benefits, I nearly jumped for joy. But now, I was coming to realize that this quaint little town was not entirely perfect. There was something spreading amongst the population, something unlike anything I'd seen or heard of before. The two of us sat down in the waiting room and my daughter began to eye the toys and books in the corner. Without asking, she stood up and wandered over to the table piled high with reading material. Juliana, I called out, but she didn't stop. A woman sitting near the book stood up quickly and moved away as if someone with leprosy were approaching. I felt a pang of anger, but realized I couldn't blame her. None of us knew what we were dealing with yet. My daughter picked up a colorful kid's book and began to leaf through the pages, scanning the print quickly with her red eyes darting back and forth. She seemed to realize the woman next to her was staring and turned her head to glare at her. Then she made a loud hissing sound like a territorial street cat. She snapped her teeth and lunged at the woman, and I jumped up and pulled her back. Juliana, no, what are you doing? She went back to looking at the book as the woman ran out of the waiting room, screaming. She's got it too. I looked over to see a man with his daughter and son. The three of them were dressed as if coming from church, but there was something wrong in his children's expressions, something unsettling. They were staring at me with wide, vacant grins. Their eyes were glazed over and their teeth looked too sharp, as if being drawn out by some invisible force being stretched into fangs. The changes were subtle, but noticeable. Yes, 
Just today I began to see the changes. Lord help us. How long have your children? Winters, Juliana. A woman's voice called from the door to the ER, interrupting our conversation. Winters, Juliana? I stood up quickly and grabbed her hand. She brought the book with her. I'm sorry. She grabbed it before I could stop her, I said to the nurse, gesturing at the book. The woman looked unconcerned. Keep it. She was wearing a respirator mask, gloves, goggles, and a bright blue, full-body protective suit as she led us into a room. A sign on the door read, Negative Pressure Room. Should I be wearing a mask? I asked her as she left. Probably, but you'd be exposed by now anyway. The doctor will be with you shortly. Exposed to what? I yelled. The door sealed shut with a hiss and a bang. The woman stood outside for a few moments, taking off her gear, but made no effort to communicate with us or answer my question. A huge window at the front of the room allowed us a view into the ER, and we watched as she disappeared into the crowds of nurses, doctors, and patients. The two of us were left in eerie silence. Juliana opened the book again and sat down cross-legged on the floor. Part of me wanted to tell her to get off the ground, since who knew what had happened in there. But she looked so innocent for those few moments, I couldn't bring myself to do it. She looked like herself again, like a normal kid, except for the red eyes glowing as she glanced up at me. The PA came on suddenly. A woman's frantic voice began to speak. Code crimson in effect, code crimson in effect. All security personnel to the emergency waiting area now. The message repeated two more times. Then the speaker cut out again. What's a code crimson, daddy? Juliana asked, looking up from her book. Is it a fire? I don't think so, honey. I think this is something different. Just keep reading your story. A shrill scream came from outside the room, and I looked out through the large window into the ER. For a few seconds, there was nothing. My heart pounded dully in my ears, and I could feel it in my throat as I gulped down a dry lump. A woman in pale green scrubs raced past, blood shooting from a fresh wound on her arm, spraying the wall red as she ran by. She was screaming and looking over her shoulder, sprinting like her life depended on it. Gunfire could be heard from down the hall, in the waiting area where we had just been. Get down! I yelled at Juliana, running over to her. Someone's shooting! I ran over to my daughter and pulled her behind a chair which was up against the wall. The two of us hid behind it, and I heard people running past outside, but was too afraid to look. The gunfire was constant now and getting closer. I could hear things breaking outside the room from stray bullets and just hoped one wouldn't find its way to us. Daddy, I'm hungry, Juliana said quietly. Not now, honey, please. How could she be thinking of food at a time like this? I wondered to myself. More gunshots rang out, sounding very close now. I ventured a glance out from behind the chair we were using as cover. Through the glass, I saw men in black body armor with machine guns in their hands. They were firing rapidly and backing up, moving away from the waiting area. Security enforcement officer was written on each of their uniforms, with their name beneath that. I recoiled in surprise as something leapt through the air like a wild animal, 
tackling one of the security guards and sending him flying backwards, his gun firing as he fell. His repeated screams were heard muffled through the door a few seconds later. It was the children with red eyes. Dozens of them from the waiting room were now rampaging throughout the ER, chasing nurses and doctors, running around on all fours like animals. A few people were on the ground, and the children appeared to be feeding on them, ripping out their throats and feasting on their bloody flesh. The power suddenly shut off with a dull click, and the ER was cast into total darkness for several long moments. I'm so hungry, Daddy, Juliana said from behind me, moving closer. The emergency lighting switched on, and everything was cast in a dim glow from above. I spun around to see my daughter moving towards me, a hungry look in her eyes. She was smiling like a hungry piranha, and I could see her teeth growing insidiously longer, drawing into needle-sharp points. What are you doing, Juliana? Stop. Don't get any closer. I felt as if I shouldn't let her know how scared I was. If she could sense my fear, I worried she would lunge at me like a wild animal. Something slammed into the glass behind me, and I spun around to see a teenage boy smashing his forehead repeatedly against the window, his eyes ablazing, burning red. The glass began to spiderweb and slowly crack from its center, and I heard it crunching and breaking from each impact as he bashed his skull against the window again and again. I was so caught up in the sight of it that I almost missed the reflection of my daughter lunging at me from behind. But I saw it at the last second and ducked out of the way, surprised at my own quick instincts. The glass shattered as she crashed into it and went flying through, landing hard against the boy on the other side. Something was wrong with them. Something very, very wrong. And my fight-or-flight instinct suddenly took over. More specifically, my flight instinct. I leapt through the broken window, broken glass piercing my palms, and began to run back towards the waiting room. When I looked back, I saw my daughter and the teenage boy were scrambling to their feet, racing towards me on all fours like jungle cats, their eyes blazing red. The horrible sight of them chasing me distracted me from my route, and I found myself slipping in fresh blood, sliding, and wrenching my back as I fell in the middle of the sticky red puddle. I hit the ground hard and bit my tongue, tasting coppery blood a second later. Stay down! Someone screamed behind them and began to fire. Thankfully, I saw they weren't shooting bullets. Small syringes full of green fluid impacted nearby, missing them. But a few found their targets, and the two of them turned around, racing back towards their attacker. Their movements weren't even slowed by the heavy dose of tranquilizer. The man screamed as the two of them took him down tearing off his black body armor and feeding on his flesh a second later. He screamed in pain and yelled at me to run. After a moment's hesitation, I began to sprint back towards the entrance where we'd come in, a pair of sliding steel doors separating the waiting area from the ER. I raced towards them and began to hammer my fists against them, screaming to be let out. Looking up to my left, I saw a security camera pointed at me. I haven't been bit! I screamed thinking for some reason that might be important. Maybe I'd just seen one too many zombie movies. Please, let me out! Maybe that was the right thing to say, because the doors opened, and I burst through them a second later. Two security guards in heavy armor were on the other side. They were closing the door as I looked back through and saw my daughter racing towards us, blood smeared around her mouth like strawberry jam. Then the steel doors slammed shut. My daughter's in there! I screamed. We've got to help her. 
Something impacted the steel door on the other side, deforming the metal and bending it into the shape of a child's skull. It's us you should be worried about, the security guard said. I looked around and saw the hospital was being sealed. Thick steel shutters were closing slowly, blocking out the sun, casting the waiting room into semi-darkness. Gold crimson lockdown protocols in effect, a robotic voice said from overhead. Shelter in place and do not approach the infected. Do not attempt to reason with the infected or to speak with them. Do not make eye contact. Assistance is on the way. Do not panic. Another loud bang came from the steel door separating the waiting room from the ER, and I saw a gap was forming, big enough to see through. An eye peered through, looking familiar, except for the color of it, crimson like a sunset. Peekaboo, Daddy, my daughter said, giggling. <laughs> I see you. Also, it turns out that most of you guys who watch me aren't actually subscribed. So if you like the content and want to support the channel, go ahead and hit the bell. It's free and you can always change your mind later.